If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals, chief goals. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle Broadcasting here in Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside T.J. Rosine. Today we've got a great episode, but before we do, let's tip this off with our need to know from our friends over at Shot Tracker. Adam, I was reading over some of the Shot Tracker stuff that they had sent over to us, and I was looking over the statistical data uh, that you can follow, box scores, shot charts, sh- uh, shot charts, advanced analytics, optimal lineups, possession stats, practice reports, and it goes on and on. It made me think about uh, if each one of these is a, a leg up on the opponent, which one of these things am I tracking? What am I doing to become better as a coach uh, to be able to get my, my team that 1%? So um, check out our friends at Shot Tracker and at minimal, start thinking about what are you doing, statistical data to give your team an advantage, box scores, shot charts, optimal lineups. What is it that you're looking for that little 1% to make your team better? Shot Tracker is a difference maker. So listen, TJ, today we are recording about, obviously, we're in the thick of the world. World Cup, a fun time every four years. Even if you're not a soccer fan, it's really easy to get into the World Cup. But as I've been watching, there's been some things that have stood out to me, and we've had some conversations about this, that I believe can translate over to the basketball world. Some things that the teams demonstrate, that the players demonstrate, and some things that we can take away as we're watching and maybe even use as talking points with our players. If we're with them during summer workouts or or training with them at this moment, you can reference the things we're seeing in the World Cup and use it as illustrations and teaching points. There's some, some nice growth takeaways from the World Cup right now, TJ. Yeah, I mean, if you want to know how to flop better, this is the place to go. The uh, the World Club has world-class floppers. Is that what you were thinking? Uh, that is not what I was thinking. Oh, okay, all right, my, but my bad. I see where you're going. Should we start though. over or just keep going? Here's a side note on the World Cup. Why isn't the trophy a cup? Hmm. Is it not a cup that holds the ball? I think it's, well, I thought it's hands. That hold the ball? Maybe so. I don't know. Either way, they, they need a good cup. You could, like, fill a drink in or something like that. Yeah. So I don't think either one of us started off adding any value to our listeners, but let's jump in and try and add a little value. (laughs) Absolutely. So, TJ, four things in particular that I think uh, teams in the World Cup demonstrate that we as coaches and we as teams can emulate and try to follow is one – there is such a strong unity amongst yeah, you, these teams. You bring these four, and I'll give you my feedback to that, your that, four. That's fair. The first thing is the unity. I, I tell you, when I watch these games, I look at teams that appear to be so close and connected. And not just when they celebrate a, a teammate's goal, but just when they walk out, how they're hand-in-hand hand, as they're going through the anthem and their arms are around each other, how... They just quickly run over and just embrace each other during the good and the bad. They seem to be a team that is unified, each of the different countries. And there could be some influences that are causing that with the dynamics of playing for your country. But the unified nature of these teams, I look at a lot of other teams and I don't always see it. And I think that's something that teams here in America, basketball, other sports could really take and say, you know what? Let's model that. Let's mirror that. Yeah. 
I agree. I, honestly, I think there's a lot of times the U.S. does do that. I think there's a lot of times we, we rally um, behind the flag and they get behind their country and there's different things in the Olympics or whatever when that happens. I know when USA was in the World Cup, they displayed that same thing. Everybody, I remember everybody rallying around the TV, getting up early to watch games. What where was the last one at? Brazil or... I can't remember, but I remember early morning games. And, it, was, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it, it was it was a a really um, great event and a fun thing to be a part of. And um, you know, I think it, it is a little bit easier. I'll just be honest, a little bit easier with the World Cup, like you alluded to, because all of a sudden you're playing for your country. You know, like it's this whole big thing where everybody comes together, and it's just this one opportunity to shine for your country. Uh, and so my my question is though is like. I feel like as an athlete, I always felt that same way. Like I, I feel a sense of pride when they're playing the anthem and Emmanuel College is about to play a game, when a Coney County High School where I went was about to play a game. Honestly, I even felt it on the pickup court. Like we just, this, these are my three guys or my four guys or my two guys that I'm going to battle with that I really felt passionate about just going out there and winning. And it does seem sometimes – in American sports, it's become a little bit more about the entertainment value mm. than it has just rally behind each other, you know? And I think it also has trended more towards the individual, right, versus the team as well. And, and a lot of that, I think, has to do with marketing. I think that's the way people, you know, are making more money. I think that's the way the media is doing it. So many times when you watch, you know, Sports Center and ESPN or um, any, any of the highlight shows, what you're seeing is a, um, a, a big rally around not did LeBron not did the Cavs win but how did LeBron play did he have his triple double did he you know etc did he build his legacy as he built upon that I think the second thing that I think is really really clear uh, during the World Cup is these players are extremely selfless during this period of time you know they I, I don't get this feeling that it's about the marketing that it's about the stats about the contract anything about like that it's about winning mm-hmm. like we are here to do a job and our job is to win and and it's yes that's the goal right but it, it's being done in a way of like i'm about my team this is about each other this is about the country the egos seem to be subsided to some degree Yes, there's still some, you know, legacies like Messi's and Ronaldo's are still present. But you get the impression that I am here for my teammates. It's not about my contract, not about my endorsements, not about the individual, but the team. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, let me, here's why to me. You could be wrong, but, you know, you've heard me say a thousand times, like the greatest lesson that basketball or sport will teach you is that it's not about you. And our team saying, you know, slogan, the, probably the number one lesson they hear me teach is it's not about you and it's not about me as a coach not about you as a player i think that just comes more naturally and and much easier when it's a country thing and like it just it's about our country mm-hmm. and so i think that they they tend to um to buy into that the thing is is they seem so much more passionate and they seem to enjoy it so much more than they do why wouldn't you go with that same approach on your professional level, whether it's professional soccer, professional basketball, whatever? Why wouldn't you just? Why wouldn't you cherish that uh, feeling? I think what happens is it kind of brings you back to your childhood, like all bets off. Now you're playing for the flag. Now you're playing for your people, um, and and, and uh, it, it's real easy because the the tone that's set is it's not about you, hmm. and where where the tone. If you were to ask me, what does the NBA? What's the tone of the NBA? 
I would say the more and more we try and build it up, it is about you. What have you done? I, even the way we talk, like it's not about are the Cavs going to win a championship? Is it will LeBron fail or will he succeed? And it, all the storylines revolve around individuals. Mm. And I understand the media trying to build up stories and pick out individuals. I'm sure they do the same thing at the World Cup. But you really don't need any more storylines. You know, it's really sport in its purest form. I think there's something there, though, that coaches can control the narrative on their own teams. So the narrative in the NBA circle is the individual, but that doesn't have to be the narrative around your team. Right. Your, Your narrative around your team can be us. Our goal, right? Our school, our team, our organization, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Well, boil it even down even a little bit uh, lower. I mean, I think as a society, I think we are contributing to the narrative of it is about you. You know, right? I mean, when when, uh, when we, I always say we embrace the things we hate. Go go to go to high school sports. I mean, right? Like if every time our child doesn't get what they want, we change schools or we do whatever. Right? We're telling them it is about you. Like you didn't get the fair shake, you didn't get whatever, and like we and, hate we hate high school rankings, but they were quick to say, "So what's your ranking?" Yeah, yeah. Did you see your ranking uh, top ten? Right. And so I think the narrative that we're we're teaching a lot of times, even as a society, is that it is is about you. Um, you know, most times parents are, are are most parents aren't teaching the narrative of, "Gosh, if the team wins, nothing else matters." That's not not the narrative they're living by, and so children living in that type of message are likely to portray those type of characteristics. And so even in, in this World Cup scene, I mean, the narrative is about the team. It's about winning the cup together as a group and being selfless for one another. Let's take a quick halftime break, but then when we come back, we'll go through the two additional things we can learn from the World Cup. We're going to take a quick halftime communication tip from our friends at Team Snap. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's communication halftime tip. If you talk to most coaches about communication, they'll share that they feel like their team's not communicating well. They'll say their guys or their girls on the court just simply don't communicate. Unfortunately, if you dig a little deeper, you find out that few coaches are actually teaching players what to communicate and how to communicate. They simply just want them to communicate. Well, I think most coaches should know that if we're not teaching the how and the what, we probably won't accomplish what we hope to accomplish. See, this is something PGC has mastered at their summer sessions in teaching players how to communicate. Here's a great starting point for you. On court, just have your players remember to communicate encouragement, reminders, and names. Just simply start there. It'll give your players something to hold on to. Encouragement, reminders, and names as a great place to begin to enhance their on-court communication. Players, coaches, best of luck this week. And thanks to our friends over at Team Snap. Make sure you check out teamsnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app serving over 15 million people across the globe, helping bring everything together from a scheduling perspective and get coaches, parents, and players all on the same page all season long. All right, TJ, as we continue on with the things that we can learn from the World Cup, I'm, I'm super intrigued with this kind of piggybacks a little bit on the selflessness these players are playing for the name on the front of the jersey so much more than the name on the back of the jersey and isn't that that's a goal and a desire as coaches but it comes out in this type of environment and you're seeing it i mean these players are so proud of the name on the front of the jersey and what they're representing it's really incredible to watch and you see it and it come it comes through the screen you can feel that they they want it for their country, for their 
for their team, for each other, for their community. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, I think what you know, what can a a coach take away from this episode, right? Right? Like, what can you do? I think coaches at every level, NBA level to middle school level, should be thinking about what works. That's something like the World Cup, right? And so we keep alluding to the same thing: is they're playing for country, they're playing for something bigger than themselves, they're playing for the name on the front of the jersey. You know why? Why is that? Well, it's because I think countries have created such a uh, pride around their anthem, around their flag. What does that mean to you as a coach? How does that translate? What do you do? Well, I think the more you can create a pride about your program, the more you can create a, a um, an excitement in your community, the more you can make it about, you know, we, not I. And the more you can do that kind of stuff, the more you're going to see people rally around that. So I think what you should be doing is taking notes. Um, there's the things that are easily created, like, all right, they're playing around the name of the jersey. Why? Well, that's simple. It's the country. And there's been hundreds of years of building up this we are so-and-so. But how do you spend time as a coach building up? This is our program. This is why we're proud. Because the more you know, pride you can put and in, in, in create around the name on the front of the jersey, the more buy-in you're going to get from players, community, whatever. But that takes work. It takes a lot of work from a coach to build that sense of pride. But you are trying to build that sense of pride, whether it's because there's a lot of ways to do that, too. I, mean, I don't want to get long-winded with it, but what you do to contribute to the community, right? Like, let's just say you do a lot of uh, community service. You get out there. People are going to take pride in their team. Let's say you play harder than other people. People are going to take pride in that, right? Even if you're not a part of the team, well, if you have the best fans, people take pride in that. This I see this happen all the time. A few people are, are willing. Honestly, I'm going to make this about we, but I'm going to make it about I for a second. One of my fondest memories of high school was I think I was the biggest cheerleader of our football team. Hmm. I, I was, I was, um, and our football team wasn't very good. But you want to talk about like a guy up in the stands that painted his chest, that, um, and this really outside my personality, that started chants and cheers. Was that you? Yeah, it was me. Wow. And so what happened there is like people didn't think it was cool, but eventually some people caught on to it, and then it became, gosh, they're having fun. You know, they've got some pride in their school, and then. Really quickly, the crowd grew, and we had a really great sense of pride for I think I think my you know two of the three years there i don 't think we won a game in football, um, but it was really fun to create that sense of pride, and I thought everybody looked at us and said, "Wow, th- those fans they 're pretty good, and they care and I, and i i really I really found a lot of self satisfaction in that and to be honest with you, I think more people rallied around our basketball team because we were out there cheering for the football team, and people thought, man. These guys are cheering for us, and we did have success. And and they watched us give back to other people. And you know, I, I enrolled my teammates in that vision, and uh, it, it really bode well for us. You know, I think one other reason players, you know, think more about the individual than the the team or the bigger picture. I don't think their mindset has evolved enough to be able to see the bigger picture. Oftentimes. And I think that's what our coaches as our job as coaches is to communicate that vision, that bigger picture, that impact that it's creating around the community and what it's doing from a larger scale. Because I think if you're a 15, 16, 17 year old player, your mindset is in a place where I'm focused on me. Right, because I'm not mature enough. I haven't developed enough mentally to even think about those bigger picture things. So, you know, in a situation like playing for your country, it's easy to understand you're playing for something bigger. 
it may be harder for that 16-year-old to realize he's truly playing for something bigger when he's just playing for his high school team and maybe he's just kind of rationalized it that way. Well, part of our job as coaches is to communicate the impact and let them experience it if possible. Yeah, you know, that, that, you know we should do a player episode on this. This is my thought for a player episode, and I think that's how it re- relates to this topic is, you know, for most athletes, I'd say probably 90 Eight percent. That's a high number. Maybe even ninety-nine percent. The greatest experience of their of their sports career is going to be playing for their high school team. But so much of their time is spent, and I think this is true of just about anybody. So much of their time is spent thinking about what's next. Yep, I was going to say. Yeah, I want to go play in college, or I want to go do this, or spent on negative energy things like my coach doesn't do this, or I don't get the ball, or I don't want. You know, when you look back, like this is one of your final times. Like I know when I when I was in college. The, you know the first college I went to, I ended up transferring, and this is almost the reason why, is because when when I went to from my high school experience where it was like, man, it was so much about a Coney County high school and people took pride in it and loved it. And did it. when I got there, it was much more like a job, and it was much more about you better get the job done, you better win. You know, I didn't have that same feeling the first year I went to college. My college experience got better, but my first year. Um, the school that I went to, it was that—that that was the overwhelming feeling to me. I missed that sense of something. You know, we're all playing for whatever it was we were playing for, and now it felt like, well, just do your job rather than a collective pride. Hmm. Definitely going to record a player episode on that topic because I'm passionate about that as well, right? Because a lot of these high schoolers that I work with, they get to that next level, and they're in a state of depression. Right, it's not what they expected. They miss what they had, but what what when they had what they had, they didn't really take advantage of it or appreciate it in the same way. Here's the fourth thing that I think we as basketball coaches and teams could learn from the World Cup. They are absolutely singer singularly focused on a common goal, and that's winning the cup. Mm-hmm. It seems like not many distractions. They they've flown into this, you know, neutral location and we are here to do a job. And it is one focus and one focus only, winning the tournament. Reminds me of like the NCAA, right? It's always interesting, and I've always found a, you know, an interesting dynamic here how, boom, you hit that tournament. TJ, you've been in a bunch. The focus intensifies. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, the distractions kind of get reduced, and now we are just focused on this one goal of winning the tournament. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so – how do we duplicate that? How do we create that same intensity from a focus perspective but transfer it over to regular season and to different parts of the season? Because we know it's in us because it amplifies when the s- circumstances change. So how do we change the circumstances to create a different parts of the season? Yeah. You, you could almost do a whole episode on that alone just thinking about how do you how do you make that happen how do you get that focus to lock in because i think there's a multitude of reasons people don't do that i mean i think one of the parts is just fear you know i it, it, let, you know of all the world cup teams how I many there's 16 right only one is going to win 15 are going to experience failure 15 are going to be defeated but they also are experiencing a feeling that most people never get experience we got to come here and represent our team in a do or die situation to win it all to what you know but it, it doesn't even matter that it's the world cup i think that time i think that every time we step into a game like we get a rare experience to go play for a manual college or whatever it is like we, we have this opportunity and and we might not have many of these you know like i'm 
I'm well aware that I, these these days are numbered, and you can have that same approach to life, you know. And when you think about um, in that in those terms, and, and you're really thankful for the process, I, you're thankful to be nervous. You're thankful to be a part of something that could see succeed or fail. Like those are rare feelings, right? And I think we we've in a as a, in a society we've all we've almost made it a bad thing to fail rather than a thankful opportunity to be in a situation where you had to, this, these feelings. How much do you think the time and the length of a season plays into this factor? Because I'm thinking about from a tournament perspective, March Madness, right? Three weeks. That's it. Yeah. Like we've got to lock in for three weeks. And it's this special 21-day period where things are just intense. World Cup, a month. That's it. Yeah. Where, where in the regular yeah. season, it's like, all right, we're starting in November. It's not going to end until March. Where I wonder if we could somehow break down and create an environment where December is created and established to be this. Man, we only get to do this December once. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the goal of the coach. right? Some people succeed at that. Some people don't succeed at that. But I think that's the goal of the coach. It's hard when you're working with young people that just don't have perspective. You know, they don't they don't see it that way. What do you mean this one's more important? It's worth you know they they think it's coach talk when they hear this is a big game, this is the one you know, unless it means something to them, unless they're playing their crosstown rival and they've got something on the line. They they don't have that type of perspective that like, gosh, every one of these games is important and or or not just important, it, it's special. Yeah, and it's an opportunity. It's a special opportunity yeah. that most people don't get. And um when you can create that feel and that vibe, I also think your career becomes more enjoyable. Mm. I would agree. I'd agree. And I think if you had to add a fifth one, I would say it's that point, like the players recognize the unique opportunity they get to be a part of. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, you're playing three World Cup games, right? Even if you're out, you're playing three. But each and every time they step on the field during those World Cup, you feel like they know, like, I, I am part of something special. Yeah. I'm getting to, to do this on this stage with these people, with this on the line. What an incredible moment. And you can feel that. What a, what a great takeaway from us as players and coaches if we could emulate that in the world that we're in right now. Yeah. And if you put it into perspective, it really is special. I mean, you think about um, – this the the World Cup, right? I know it's only sixteen teams, and I don't know how many players they have fifteen, twenty players, or whatever they have. Like that's an elite group, it right? Is. But it's so elite. But it's like the point zero 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 one percent of people in the world, you know, right? But if you were to think about, like, I have the opportunity to play a high school basketball game tonight. That in itself, you're still in the point zero 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 one percent of the people I, I in the wanna, world. And I don't want to get cheesy and be like, to your point, what you're saying right now, like it's special opportunity to play high school ball. Just using that as an example, but it is. Yeah. And well, let me let me tell you, let me tell you, because if it gets taken away, you realize realize it. it, right? And what people also don't realize, and I get it, because I don't know that I felt this way all the time when I was younger, but you know, when you get older. It oftentimes is the the story you talk the most about when you reflect on a time in your life, right? When when we're talking hoops and we're around friends, like even when we're on the show, even when I'm coaching my college team, I got to be really careful because I realize they don't care about my high school career, right? But <laughs> when I want to when I want to reference Does something, the audience it, here? probably okay. not. But when I want to. <laughs> But when I want to reference something, that's where I go, as do coaches probably on this show when they're talking about it and they're to their kids or to their family or to their players. And you, you don't recognize what a significant time in your life it is. So, coaches, I think right now while the World Cup is hot, right, everyone's talking about it, 
feel free to take these things. I'd encourage you to have these conversations with your players. I'd encourage you to have these conversations with your team. Talk about some of the things they're witnessing and seeing and experiencing as they watch the World Cup and allow them to gain a new perspective so when they're watching it, they can make a connection to see, hey, maybe I could approach my game in the same way. Maybe I should embrace my teammates in the same manner and talk about some of those highlights. Is One thing that is nice about live sports and the seasons of different sports is it gives us windows to have different conversations but address the same theme. So the World Cup, it, you can have a different conversation. You can talk about the World Cup, but still try to get the themes that you want to get across to your players in the same way. So listen, I'm Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the Hardwood Hustle. Till next time, we're out.